we like we're excited to hear okay let's uh, begin tonight um, let me just say something as a preface before we get into what our our topic is for tonight we're still studying prayer it's kind of one of those things I could have gone three more weeks probably on personal prayer but I just felt like that I needed to move this on and I'll tell you why in just a second but um, last year God said I'm going to give you three assignments for 2015 and you know these and I hope maybe you have them wrote down somewhere but number one was bring a healing presence to Tuscaloosa County and we were able to do that be it ever so humble hallelujah but hallelujah it's increasing we're learning you know hallelujah and I believe God us God started us in time so we would be more developed in it when it's when it's really gonna be time for it hallelujah in fact one thing I heard while we were listening the first thing I heard was um, tune up tune up because you're about to move up River Church go ahead and tune up your life tune up because you're about to move up hallelujah and then secondly the Lord said develop an internet presence for River Church and that's a that's a good thing and uh, even recently Melissa uh, Pastor's been working on the main website, but Melissa and Barry put together a closed group on Facebook for River Church people. And so uh, if you aren't in that closed group, all you have to do is request that from Melissa. Or I don't know how that works exactly, but uh, anyway, ask Melissa about it. They'll tell you how to get on. And uh, we were, had to shut down the actual River Church, Alabama. You can take that down where it says because uh, we had it get scrambled with some other. It got scrambled. Anyway, it, it, it had a problem that could not be solved except close it down. And so we shut that down, part of Facebook down. Uh, then he said, you know, give the third thing to us in July. And last July, he said to develop the art of soaking prayer. We've been endeavoring to do that um, through the holidays. And because we have other things going, that has we haven't had as many of those as we like, but we're doing it. And then last fall, or maybe it was late summer, I'm not sure exactly which, but the Lord gave Eric and Anita assignments, some assignments for River Church, and they shared them with us, what they felt like the Lord was telling them to do, and they said, we'll be in charge, and y'all don't have to do anything, but one of them was start God parties, two was have worship nights, three, go on treasure hunts, and four, have PSST. Uh, was there anything else? I couldn't remember. I was When I was writing this down and I got interrupted when I was writing it down, could didn't have time to go look at my prayer, my piece of paper. Well, late, late, late fall, the Lord said to me, now there's going to be two more assignments in 2016 for River Church. He said, keep doing the assignments you had in 2015, and uh, there's going to be two more in 2016. And so I was seeking the Lord about that, and uh, through the end of the year and throughout the first of the year and the Lord said finally he spoke to me and he said uh, uh, become skillful in corporate prayer become skillful in corporate prayer and so uh, at that I already had it in my heart to teach on prayer but then I thought well I, I need to teach on corporate prayer 
And so um, when I started to go teach on corporate prayer, it was like, no, you got to start with prayer, just prayer in general. And so, but I'm going to go ahead, even though we could go for weeks and weeks. I don't want us all to get restless. I don't want us to get uh, bored. And I, I don't think I could ever get bored with prayer or teaching on prayer. I love to read books about prayer. And, uh, but let's move on tonight, and we're going to talk about why pray together about corporate prayer, about why should we pray together, why pray together. And corporate prayer, first of all, let's kind of talk about the fact that it can be two people, and that is corporate prayer. And it can be family, a family can have corporate prayer. It can be a prayer group of three or more. I really don't consider two a prayer group, but three I would consider a prayer group. It can be a large group of people praying corporately. It could be 25,000 praying corporately together. And all of those would fall under corporate prayer. And in every case, every one of those cases, it would be different in all the cases. I, and there's just a million ways to pray. We can't put God in a box. And if you only know one way to pray, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but secondly, we should all be just... It, one of the things that should be our quest is that we grow in prayer. That, Lord, teach me more about prayer. Teach me how to pray. Teach me to be more effective. We want to be like when we go out, like Janelle got to pray for some people. We want, it, we want to be more effective than we, are, than we are right now. A year from now, we want to be much, much more effective, don't we? And uh, that's one type of prayer is praying for healing. But, uh, of course, we're talking about corporate prayer tonight. But anyway, so many different kinds of prayer, so much to learn. Holy Spirit wants to be our teacher in prayer. And if we will just open ourselves and our hearts up to it, then he will teach us. He definitely will teach us. Uh, so... Uh, <clears throat> So prayer would be very different depending on who was there. They say, and I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but say there's a prayer group of four that regularly meets together and they're united and they're praying together. If one is absent, it will totally change the dynamic of the prayer group. It's not even the same. Not that you can't pray. I'm not saying you can't pray, but it will change the dynamic. If you if four pray and your sister comes to town and you decide you're going to invite her, it will totally change the dynamic of it. Usually that will pretty much mess it up. I mean, I'm being honest with you because if it's somebody, they're just, it, you know, especially, well, you know, it would depend a lot. You know what I'm saying, though. But if they're not there, they're not there. And so not trying to discourage anybody from praying, not at all. But I'm just saying it does make a difference who's there. And so uh, like when we prayed on Monday night corporate prayer, the dynamic was different every week because it was a different set of people uh, every week. In the Bible, well, not in the Bible, but um, a lot of teachers, Pastor Buzzy being one of them, he was one of them, he referred to corporate prayer as united prayer. And I want us to go to Matthew chapter 18 now. And we'll get our main scripture tonight where we're going to talk about corporate prayer or united prayer. And I have so much to tell you. I am in by no means an authority on corporate prayer. I have endeavored to be a learner where corporate prayer is concerned. Uh, we, I had a corporate prayer meeting in a Seminole 
with some ladies uh, on Wednesday afternoon, and uh, we prayed. And um, didn't we didn't know anything about corporate prayer, but God honored it, and we got things done, and it helped the church. And then there were times we would have called prayer meetings there. I remember one time we prayed every night for a week. We've done stuff like that here, where we got together in a home, prayed every night for a week or something. That's happened. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so, but when we were moving to Alabama on the way, I had heard through Kevin and Ann Durant that Miss Phyllis because I, I think I asked, does she teach or something? And Miss uh, and so uh, Ann Durant said, uh, no, she doesn't, but she's awesome. She's a prayer. So And she has prayer groups. That She's in charge of all the prayer groups in the church. So I prayed and I said, Lord, I'm just going to ask you to let me be in one of Miss Phyllis's prayer groups. And it's by invitation only. And, and so anyway, so she... Uh, we hadn't been here very long, maybe six weeks, and Miss Phyllis called me on the phone one day and said, uh, I want to invite you to be a part of a new prayer group I'm starting for missions. Boy, she couldn't have missed me anymore. I mean, if she could ask me to pray for anything, but missions just like, well, I'd been on a missions trip, but, you know, I wasn't fully there wanting to pray for missions once a week. But I just said yes because I wanted to pray with her. And so I learned so much in that prayer group. And plus, you know, I got a heart for missions more than I had. I had some, a little bitty piece of heart from going to Russia, but I got a bigger heart for missions from spending that time praying with her in prayer. And then when we started the church in Tuscaloosa, well, and the, the, uh, the people had started the one in Talladega. Ray and Sylvia Nelson had started the one in Talladega. Uh, she, Miss Phyllis, decided that we needed all needed help and we did and so she said okay we're gonna have prayer i'm gonna come and i'm gonna pray with you two pastors all you pastors that are pastoring in talladega and tuscaloosa so we met once a week and prayed with her that was a great privilege and so uh, every time i've gotten to pray with somebody i think i count it as a great privilege we had a great privilege of praying with brother hagan many times and because he always the morning meetings were always on prayer and then we always prayed corporately after the morning at, at the end of the morning meetings i've had the privilege of praying with david ellis and i just would love to have the privilege to have corporate prayer with other people and every person does it different uh every prayer leader does it different and um but there's so much to learn. Uh, there's a group of women call, and they call themselves the Sparkies, and it consists of Lynn Hammond. Uh, her sister died, but Lucy McKee, she died. Um, Terry Copeland, Terry Copeland Pearson, Billy Brim, and they pray. They only get to pray two or three times a year together, but they are a prayer group, and they they tear the woods up, you know, like for a weekend or so, a couple of times a year, and you'll hear them refer to that. So um, get a heart to to understand and just to, to grow and be a part of corporate prayer. Uh, Matthew 18 and verse 18 says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I know one teacher, I heard him say that this is the scripture for corporate prayer. Where two or more agree on earth. That's really what corporate prayer is. It's two or more, two to thousands agreeing in corporate prayer. Praying and believing the same thing, speaking the same thing, praying the same thing, agreeing in corporate prayer. Um, the Williams translation says, if only two of you agree. And there in verse 20, where it says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Williams translation says, I am right there with them. And uh, the, the truth is, is that, you know, we know God is in us and that he's with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. But when two or more gather in his name, not when two go to the mall or two meet to eat it, Taco Bell, but when two or more are gathered in his name, he's there with us in a special way. It's a different way than he's with us, just he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's there in a special way. So every time we come to church, and that's we get in the presence of God in a special way because we're gathering in his name and you know there's people that say oh no I do all my praying at home and I can do just as much at home no you can't because you're one and he's not together there with you in that special way when it's just one person and that is powerful and people that don't go to church are missing it they're missing a big opportunity for God to do awesome things in their life. I've never seen anyone that didn't go to church that grew spiritually. I've never seen one. I've never seen one person, you know, that, that, uh, that took new ground or did anything new spiritually. Another verse that is good for corporate prayer are really is, um, is third, Deuteronomy 32, 3, and there's several other places where it says this, but one can put a 1,000 and two can put 10,000 to flight. If God is with us, see, God's the third person. When, two, when one can do a 1,000, so you can do some good in your private prayer, your personal prayer time, but two can put 10,000 because God is the, there with us in a special way. He's the third person there in, in, your, in your prayer time or however, however many are there. And then Acts 4.24, if you would go there. I, I, I love corporate prayer. I love, the, I love the corporate anointing. I love the corporate prayer anointing. There are struggles in corporate prayer, and, uh, but mostly because uh, people don't understand. And so, um, Hallelujah. Let's just see. I'm not here. You know, I'm, no, I'm just here trying to make us better corporate prayers. To, if God's called us to become skillful in corporate prayer, there must be levels of skill that, that we can become more skillful in corporate prayer. So I'm here to help us become more skillful. And I'm certainly not here to condemn anybody. Uh, Pastor and I are the original we are, well, I wouldn't say the original, original, but of all the people we know, 
I mean, they got all excited about grace about three years ago, but we were preaching no condemnation when we were in Seminole, that there's no condemnation and uh, God's not holding your sins against you. And so, of course, I'm, I'm sure somebody preached it before that. Surely we didn't invent it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Of course we didn't. Anyway, Acts 4.24 says, well, let's go to 23. I want you to see verse 23. And I want you to make a circle and a star on 23. And being let go, they went to their own company. Their own company. God puts us in companies. And your own company, your company is something that's assigned to you. So we know sometimes people call won't help. Well, what church do you go to? Well, I just go to a mall. I go to a different church every Sunday. Well, you're just an idiot then. <laughs> I mean, it's truly. And if you'd get in a church, if you had a problem, somebody would help. Amen. That's my, that's my theory. But, you know, we're, the Bible says bear with the weak. So, you know, we do try to have compassion because they're weak. But they went to their own company. Being let go, they were in jail. Peter and John had gotten thrown in jail. And being let go, they went to their own company. We ought to all have a company, and that's where we ought to, we're not, that's what we're called to, is our own company. And, uh, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, and we won't read the whole prayer, but they lifted up their voice to, one, uh, to God in one accord. They didn't lower their voice down real soft and pray. That is not corporate prayer. That is not corporate prayer. They lifted up their voice to God in one accord. Hallelujah. So there's two parts, lifting up your voice and being in one accord, praying the same thing. Okay, um, another thing about corporate prayer is in corporate prayer, we bear one another's burdens. In Galatians 2, that's where we find that scripture. I know you know the scripture, I don't have to read it, but Galatians, no, Galatians 6, 2, said that wrong. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is that we bear one another's burdens and in, together, together, we can shoulder the burdens of this world that would be overwhelming alone. Just try it. Just go home and get by yourself and start praying for what's his name in North Korea and his finger on the button of nuclear weapons and Iran and that and just see if the burdens of this world just pretty soon you will either abandon and just let's go watch TV because I don't want to think about this or you will or you will get so heavy and so burdened but these things are meant to be born corporately and together we bear one another's burdens and, and uh, it's not overwhelming. The corporate anointing comes in agreement. Psalm 133, you know this, but Psalm 133 is a picture of this agreement in corporate prayer. And in corporate prayer, when we get in agreement for something, remember the Tower of Babel also it says that uh, they, got, they were in such agreement, speaking the same thing, believing the same thing, that God had to disperse them and change their languages because uh, 
It said nothing would be denied them because they were so agreeing. And we have, God wants us to have that. He didn't say, now let's don't, in fact, he, he brought us back to having complete agreement prayer by giving us the gift of tongues. We are, when we don't know what to pray and we can't come into agreement any other way, we can pray in tongues and we're right back to the tower, before the Tower of Babel, agreeing on things and nothing shall be denied us. God wants that to work. He didn't want it to work because they were building a tower to worship other gods and against God, but He wants it to work now for righteousness and so it's powerful. Behold, verse Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. Uh, so behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and releases the corporate anointing. Hallelujah. Love that corporate anointing. Uh, in corporate prayer, we have better focus together. My, when I pray corporately, my mind is able to stay focused better. You know, my mind, when I come to corporate prayer here and we are praying on something and I'm focused in on it because you're there and I'm there and we're depending on each other and I know you're depending on the fact that I'm not thinking about my laundry. But at home, my laundry and all sorts of stuff will pop into my mind. But in corporate prayer, we're able to be like a laser and focus in on uh, and stay stay focused as we depend on one another. And it helps us to stay in the yoke longer when we're in corporate, corporate prayer. And we're, well, by that I mean when we step into a yoke to pray for a specific thing, we can stay there longer in corporately. And the reason is because when I run out of what to say you have the next part and you add it and then somebody else adds a part and then we add these parts and the part becomes a, a complete prayer versus me playing praying a partial prayer at home uh, another thing we get confirmation when praying together and that comes by i know this has happened to everybody where maybe uh melissa would say something and you were going I, I had that I was I was thinking that exact thing. Well, that's your that's confirmation. It's so powerful. It's confirm first of all, it'll make you grow spiritually. You'll realize you're hearing from God in corporate prayer. Whereas you go home, you hear something, you go, I wonder if that was God. And you know, you do. I mean a lot of times we do, especially till we grow and we begin to recognize it. So and you know, when I realized that Man, you had the very same thing I had. It ignites my faith because faith cometh by hearing. And I just heard you say something that God was saying, and I knew, and I was hearing God say it, and it's the Word of God just like this is. It's just the, it's just the spoken Word of God. And so now my faith is ignited in corporate prayer. Hallelujah. This is so powerful. Uh, it results in total agreement. You know, there's something in the Bible. Uh, teachers refer to it as the inward witness. Brother Hagin used to say the foremost, foremost way that God speaks to his people is by the inward witness. Not the inner voice, but the inward witness. And, uh, there, and uh, when the inward witness is when truth is spoken, when truth is spoken, then... Uh, we bear witness in our hearts. 
whether it be this truth, this bears witness, but if someone speaks something out in prayer, you go, yes, I, I just witnessed that. That's so powerful, yes. And that's in 1 John 1, 2. The inward witness, oh, I tell you what. Oh, so powerful. You were given this as a gift when you were born again. 1 John 1, 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. You have seen it. You bear witness in the Spirit. And then in John 5, verse 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. These three agree in one. Hallelujah. There are three that bear witness. You have the Holy Ghost within you bearing witness with the blood of Jesus, bearing witness with the water, which we could say is the Word. Hallelujah. You have a witness. It's powerful. We used to sing it. I have a witness. I'm truly born of God. I have a witness of the Spirit and the blood. I used to love that song. Because we do. We have that witness. Okay. We have... <clears throat> when we have corporate prayer agreement, it will keep me from wavering or doubting or being double-minded. Think about it. First of all, I know my brothers and sisters in Christ are depending on me to stay steady, to still keep believing. But hallelujah. We, and that is what has happened. We have stayed held together uh, through moving from Coker when, oh man, it looked, it's looked anything but like it was turning out amazing. But boy, we have stayed focused and we have, we have not doubted. We've not been double-minded. Uh, and it's because we've stuck together on everything's turning out amazing. We've stuck together with, if you only knew what God was about to do for you. And the Lord spoke that to me two years ago in September. If you only knew, I was kind of a little frustrated that day. I sat down in my chair and I heard him say, Debbie, if you only knew what I'm about to do. And I was so, so powerful. And then I told you and then y'all, it got going. If you only knew what God is about to do for you. Hallelujah. He's about to do something for each of us. Hallelujah. Um, the enemies of faith are, are doubting, wavering, and double-mindedness. And so it keeps us away from those enemies of faith. We learn from others in corporate prayer. One of the things we do is we learn the discipline of prayer. There's a discipline to prayer. That's why nobody much wants to do it. Because there's a discipline to it. And that's one way to learn the discipline if you're not able to get very, if it's hard for you at home, it'll be much easier for you in corporate prayer to stay disciplined. We become bolder in corporate prayer. In corporate prayer, we will ask for things we never thought of. And also things that are bigger than we would ever have asked for alone. We will ask for huge things in corporate prayer. There's just something about that 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 anointing that just makes us think that we can take Tuscaloosa, which we can. 
which makes us think that 17 or people or whatever's here tonight, 16, 12, I don't even know how many's here. Uh, we can do it. We can take the whole city. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It takes, it takes the brethren. Everybody say brethren. The brethren are your brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all the brethren. We are your brethren. Hallelujah. It takes the brethren to a new level. First of all, we learn to trust each other more. Amen. And we begin to pray beyond the surface. So many times we just pray surface prayers. But if we become skillful or skillful in corporate prayer, we will learn to go beyond the surface, to go deep into places. And, and we become more honest. As we come together in corporate prayer, we become more honest. Genuine togetherness is God-given. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Genuine togetherness. Colossians 2.2. 2. That their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. God wants our hearts knit together in love. He doesn't want us to be lone rangers or, you know, trying to do it by ourselves. How many things in our lives would be easier, I wonder, if we were knit together more than we are now? And I would say that this church is probably above average on being knit together. But still more if we were knit together in love. And if every person in the church was knit together with us, not just a few. Hallelujah. And then go to verse 19 of that same chapter. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increases with the increase of God. When we are knit together, there's a supply that comes from the joints. A nourishment, it says, and, 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 and we are increased. We increase with the increase of God. It's powerful to be a part of a company of believers. It's a powerful thing. It doesn't even really matter. It could be more powerful to be a part of a smaller than it is even a larger. It depends on, sometimes very hard to knit a large congregation together. There, I mean... We're powerful because we're in unity together and we're believing the same thing and speaking the same thing. I bet you we could take the income of this group of people, the church income, and we could pit it against churches in town that are 200 people and the income because we're powerful together. We're in agreement. We're, we're believing the same thing. We have, we're givers. We've given our, we're giving our heart for this. We're giving our life for this. We're not just going to church for this body, for River Church, for this vision. Well, I guess it, it's kind of on one part of corporate prayer. It's not really on. No, that's not what I'm supposed to read. Okay. All prayer is not created equal. We're to be learners in prayer. We're to be flexible in our style of praying. I've run into lots of inflexible people. They just want to pray the way they've always prayed. They don't want to learn anything new. And, you know, it is a very, uh, it's always foolish to think your way is best. 
<laughs> on just about any, <laughs> on just about anything. Hallelujah. Because there's probably somebody out there that has found a better way for everything. Uh, when we pray corporately and you listen and you're focused, key words will stand out in corporate prayer. And one of our jobs in corporate prayer is to listen for the key words and take it further. Not just even during that prayer time, but as we move on together. Let's go on to Acts 3.1. Here's a I'm gonna, we're going to look at some scriptures on corporate prayer tonight until we run out of time. And I plan on teaching on corporate prayer again next week. And then I think that will be the, I think I can do it in twice. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Well, there you got it, corporate prayer. They're going to the temple, it's the ninth hour. Why are they going? They're going for prayer. Hallelujah. They're going for corporate prayer. Uh Acts 4, uh, in Acts 4, it takes the brothers, the brothers and sisters in Christ uh, go to a new level in prayer. They're learning to trust each other more. They, they're praying, like we said, beyond the surface. Hallelujah. I, let me see. Okay. Hallelujah. Let's, I got Acts 3, 1. Acts 4.16. Let's look at that one. Now this is, uh, they have taken Peter and, uh, and John. And he says in verse 16, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. Now they aren't liking it that a notable miracle is done. And so here's what they decide, these, these men that are coming against them. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in his name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God, let's move on down. Oh, I think I already read that to you, so let's move on. Acts 12, 5. This is where they came to their own company. So I repeated that scripture, I'm sorry. Acts 12, 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. This is when Peter, uh, Peter gets thrown, he's thrown into prison. And Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So we see the church coming into corporate prayer. They're specifically praying. They're in agreement on a subject, which is Peter getting released. And... Um, that night, that very night that they had that corporate prayer, then uh, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and the keepers of the before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. And he, he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and told him what to do. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. What a great answer to corporate prayer. An angel appears. <laughs> your, your chains fall off. Hallelujah. I'm convinced. I'm convinced, Lord. Hallelujah. And I believe that our chains fall off in corporate prayer. I get, believe we get breakthroughs individually in corporate prayer. Uh, I know uh, Eric and Anita asked us to come to their house one night and pray for family. And, uh, and we immediately, like in the next month, got a breakthrough for a situation in our family. And uh, 
but we came together corporately specifically one evening. Then I thought, well, that worked really good. <laughs> and so let's come together. Let's get Anita and Eric to come and we'll go over. Well, let's go over to their house and ask them if we can spend an evening and have corporate prayer for the sale of the building out at Coker. And that was in August. And you know what happened was um, um, while we were praying, we didn't pray very long at all. And Eric said, well, stop, stop, stop. And he said, I saw something. And I, we just got to deal with this before we can go past. And he had a vision and he saw something. And uh, it was a person. And, and he, so we discussed what to do about this situation. It was something, it was a person and it was a spiritual binding. It was not, uh, it was a something binding the church being sold spiritually. And so, uh, so we discussed what we could do. And so, pastor and I said well we'll do that and so like a, it took us about a week and a half to get around to doing it because we just couldn't find the time uh, honestly we couldn't and uh, we but so on a Thursday afternoon we we did it we made the appointment and we did it on a Thursday afternoon on Friday evening the person that paid off River Church called can you I mean that was amazing amazing the person that paid off river church called and said how much do you own that building mm -hmm. hallelujah the chains fall off in corporate prayer two is better than one hallelujah because had eric you know eric not seen that and you know this was something it was not something we had never thought of i actually had said you know i break anybody from buying in the sale of that building and da 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 i had done that but it was just something about that being that corporateness acts 13 2 as they ministered to the lord and fasted this is a uh, Okay, let's start in verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Serene and Manua, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, this is a corporate prayer meeting, they ministered to the Lord. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, we know it was corporate prayer. And laid their hands on them. They sent them away. So we have corporate prayer. All through the book of Acts, we're seeing corporate prayer. The church praying corporately. And here, God gives specific directions. Oh, there is 30 seconds of God giving something specific direction is worth everything, isn't it? Hallelujah. Acts 16. Trying to find a stopping place. Acts 16. We might not be able to. Hallelujah. <clears throat> this is after uh, Paul cast the spirit out, you know, that spirit of divination out of that girl that was, and the, all these people were getting money from her telling fortunes, and so they didn't like it. And the multitude rose up together against them. In verse 22, the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed that's corporate prayer two or more 
two or more, and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Hallelujah. Paul, you know, and don't say God never causes an earthquake because you'd be wrong, wouldn't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think we might stop right there. Could we pray corporately? Maybe we could just pray in the, uh, together for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I used to, and I like to say this still. And to, next week we'll get in a few more details about corporate prayer. Maybe I'll read you some testimonies and stuff. But, of course, I've already given you the best testimonies, the Bible. Uh, but I always said, it's like, and of course, a corporate, how many is here? One, 16. I call that a large corporate prayer group. Any prayer from tw 12 to 25,000. No, 12 to 50 is large. I call 12 to 50 large. 51 to 25,000 is, is mega, is a mega corporate prayer meeting. This is large, so you, you know, it's a little different. But hallelujah. Lord, we just ask you to help us to pray tonight. And, and Father, we thank you for showing us now, right now, what we're to pray for. Hallelujah. Let's just, let's pray for, it just came to me, let's pray for Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center for Saturday, okay? Hallelujah. And for the sick healed in Tuscaloosa County. And so we'll just start out in tongues and then then I'll say something. And then I'll, here's what I want us to do. I'm going to say something. And it's like, corporate prayer is like volleyball. I, I'm going to set it up. And then two more people say something. And so we don't want to go in and draw, drawn out prayers because you're just, you're hitting the ball. And then that, but the, the, the third one's going to wham it over the fence and then somebody over there better dive for it and hallelujah and you got three so it's like volleyball you got to you have to respond or you're just you know hallelujah so we're praying tongues a minute hallelujah lord god shalabatike barosha